0: All right, here we go for Major Championship Preview number two of the season on the Golf Preview Podcast and RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Will Doctor. Welcome aboard as I give you all the picks and predictions you need heading into the 105th PGA Championship at Oak Hill in Rochester, New York. The order of play today will go as follows. I'll start by going over the top seven odds favorites. Then we'll move into two matchups followed by three picks to place. I'll give you my three winners for the week, and just so you're aware of where we stand on PGA Championship futures bets from our futures podcast back in December. Uh, we have Tony Finau at fifty to one and Hideki Matsuyama at twenty eight to one. Obviously, Finau has been you know balling out this year, so we have him at a much better price uh, than his twenty nine to number to open this week. And for our other future that we took back in December was. Adeki Matsuyama at twenty-eight to one—that is not looking as good as he's been battling injuries all season. And you could get him at sixty to one on Bet Online if you wanted to right now. So uh, the Matsuyama futures for this week has fully depreciated in value. I digress. We'll discuss Finau and two others when we get to the outrights. and after the winners. I'll give you a sleeper, a lineup, and a first-round leader, and then I'll wrap things up with the scoring prediction and best bet for the PGA Championship. All right, starting off the favorites with world number one John Rahm at plus eight fifty on Bet Online, and we haven't seen the Masters champion since he finished second at the Mexico Open about three weeks ago. He did not play the elevated event at the Wells Fargo Championship two weeks ago, so I look at Rahm as one of the more rested favorites in the field. Uh, a lot of the the mainstream media, the mainstream talking heads, they want to talk about how uh, they want to see how Rory responds to his Masters blunder or if. Justin Thomas is going to snap out of uh, his funk while trying to defend his title. A lot of people are quick to forget Rom is someone who has made $14 million alone this season and became the first European to win both the U.S. Open and Masters. First in history ever. Uh, Rom obviously has a tall task uh, this week as he looks to become the first player to win two majors in a year uh, since Brooks Koepka did so in 2018 and 2018 was actually John Rahm's best finish at a PGA where he finished fourth at Bell Reef. He had a strong finish at Kiowa uh, in 2021 as well, where he finished eighth, but uh, Bell Reve is John Rahm's best PGA championship finish to date. But last year there was nothing to brag about for Rahm at Southern Hills as the Irons gave him trouble all week. And, you know, if there's any aspect of Rahm's game that you worry about going into a major. It would be the putting, but I don't see that as the case this week. You know, the winner this week is going to be a bomber as Oak Hill uh, was stretched out in 2019 during the complete remodel by Andrew Green. The margin of error coming into the greens is extremely low at Oak Hill uh, as this golf course features the fourth smallest greens on the PGA Tour. You know, I won't have Rom to win this week, but we'll talk more about him uh, a little later on. Um, as this is a course where he should find success. So that's Rahm, um at plus 850 on Bet Online. Next will be Scotty Scheffler at plus 800 on Bet365 and Bovada. And Scheffler had a, a golden opportunity to take back world number one from John Rom last week at the Byron Nelson. I obviously loved Jason Day finally breaking through for the first time in five years, but had Scheffler won at home in Dallas uh, to recapture number one that would have been electric. But unfortunately, just like last year at the Open and just like last year at the Tour Championship – And just like a couple other events this year, Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill, Scotty Scheffler needed to make about three or four more putts down the stretch in order to win. And the putting has been the reason Scheffler is not a four-time winner this season like Rahm. If he putts well at the Houston Open, he wins instead of finishing fourth. If he rolls at average at Bay Hill, he would have defended his title at the Arnold Palmer. He putted horribly at the Masters and still finished 10th. And the same thing goes for his performance on the Greens At the Byron Nelson, of course, I'm being critical. This is a guy who still has two wins on tour this season, including winning the fifth major in the players. But Scotty Scheffler, a lot like Jordan Spieth, has had some golden opportunities blown on the greens this year. So I'll look at Scheffler to uh, potentially uh, lead the American leaderboard this week. But other than that, I'm out on Scotty Scheffler due to his recent performance uh, with the putter. We move to Rory McIlroy at 14 to 1. On DraftKings Sportsbook uh, or Bet Online, and Rory talked earlier today in his in his Tuesday press conference, uh, and you can just tell in his tone that he isn't f- quite fully recovered from from Augusta. He's still fragile, you know. From um, you know that that you know horrible week he had in which he prepped, you know, playing over hundred and eighty holes before the week even start. You can tell that. He's just not all there from a mental perspective. And not only is it mental, it's mechanical. You know, Rory at the moment is battling a two-way miss because his face is open on his downswing and he has to rely on insane timing to hit good golf shots. And and that just doesn't hold up in the major championship pressure-like situations. And when you look back 10 years ago at the 2013 PGA at Oak Hill, Rory uh, was defending his title after he won the PGA in 2012, the Valhalla. And he went on to finish eighth that week in Rochester, you know, the city um, in New York that his wife, Erica, is from. And, and Rory would eventually go on to to join O'Kill as a member. So if you're wondering what the overall comfort is for Rory this week with how horrible he, he's playing at the moment, I guess if you want to take Rory, you could say that he, he might be in a much more refreshed place Uh, there in, in Rochester than when we saw his master's catastrophe, but at the same time, after hearing him speak this morning, it didn't seem like, you know, he, you know, basically the writers wanted to say earlier this week, oh, you know, Rory has a place in Rochester his wife's from there. You know, this is the perfect kind of piece of evidence that we have to back Rory. Well, he gets up there in his presser this morning and says, look, I really haven't spent a lot of time in Rochester over the last two years. He spent a couple white Christmases there. He likes going there in the fall, but you know I wouldn't say he has any real advantage on this golf course, despite the fact that he's number one on tour in driving distance. That's that's an advantage this week. But as far as his knowledge of this golf course, it didn't sound like he is a real aficionado of Oak Hill, like the writers want to say he is. But it was noted, uh, you know, he, he's obviously burnout from the weight of the game he's he, he's been carrying on the shoulders. Over the last year, he he was obviously drained from the amount of golf that he's had to play over the last year, you know, between the European tour and between the PGA tour. Um, you know, he opted to skip his second elevated event of the year at the RBC Heritage, which led to a $3 million fine. And he's only played once in the last month, which was a 47th place finish at Wells Fargo, a golf course where he's previously won three times in his career. So you know even before the slump from Rory he 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 has not putted well since the start of the spring you know a, a lot of talking heads aren't going to talk about that because he finished second at Bay Hill and third at the Dell match play but in reality Rory has lost shots on the greens in 5 of the 7 events he's played in this spring 5 of the last 7 uh so forget the fact about the two-way miss and the despicable iron performances at Augusta and Quail Hollow, Rory flat out has not putted well enough this season to win. So I'm out on Rory this week. We move to Xander Shoffley at 20 to one. Let me just double check that this hasn't been, uh, that Xander Shoffley's odds have not been updated. Uh, Well, they've moved down at this very moment. The best odds you get on Xander is 18 to one. Uh, at Bovada, so you better step on it. You know, Shafley would have won a few weeks ago at the Wells Fargo Championship um, had he not made a, a total mess of the green mile on day one at Quail Hollow. He went on to play second in what was his fourth top five finish in his last five starts. You know, there's a few players who have had great seasons thus far that haven't won. Patrick Cantley is one of them. Jordan Spieth is one of them. Tyrrell Hatton is one of them. And and, and Sahit Thegala is the other name, that comes to mind. But when you look at the resume, Xander Schauffele has built this season and, and in 12 events since the century tournament of champions, he's only finished outside of 20th twice this season. Remember century, he withdrew. He had some black back flare up, had a little bit of back situation going on, had to withdraw himself from that tournament. And he hasn't really looked back since he's coming off one of his strongest putting weeks of the year. at Quail hollow picked about, picked up about a shot and a half on the greens and really, he's been on all cylinders with all facets of his game dating back to mid-March. I like Xander Schafley this week we'll discuss him a little bit more later on in the outrights. Next is going to be Brooks Kepka at 22 to 1 or better yet 25 to 1 on Circa. And number 1 hey congratulations to Brooks Kepka announced that him and him and uh, and his wife Jenna are going to welcome a baby boy into the world in about 9 months. So That'll definitely increase the the strokes gained as far as perspective is concerned. We know how that goes with with the w- with golfers and you know either getting married or having kids. You know golfers are always looking for a little bit more of a perspective. And what most people forget about the Masters, uh, about Augusta, is that Brooks Koepka had the had the thirty six hole lead and was in the final pairing with John Rahm for that thirty six hole Sunday marathon. He had just won live Orlando the week before and was really the sleeper of the week heading into Augusta uh, had Kepka won the masters. He would be an open championship away from the career grand slam, which only five players have done. So uh, this would have been a, a total three hundred and sixty turnaround from what we've seen from Kepka over the last three years as he's battled this game, he's battled injury. And then obviously uh, his decision to go to live golf uh, was a very controversial one. We got, a, a very unique inside look at his life in the the full swing Netflix documentary, documentary which I I highly recommend you go watch if you haven't thus far. Uh, you know you have to feel for Kepka as you know we saw firsthand his wife would rather try on sundresses than hear about the struggles of his golf game, and you know Brooks Kepka was up until a week before the Masters. A long way from the Kepka we were used to seeing when he was world number one for 47 weeks in 2018. And since the Masters, he's had two top 10 finishes and three starts on the Live Circus. So I love Kepka this week. I will have a 25 to 1 winning ticket on him over on Circa. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in the outright winners section. Uh, let's see, sixth on the odds favorites. Uh, one more to go after this, but we. Uh, we we're discussing Patrick Cantlay at 22-1 to on Bovada, and I'm I'm going to talk about Cantlay a little bit more extensively in the matchups. I really think he's gotten his putting to a place where we're going to start seeing him have more consistent top finishes in major championships. I know he didn't putt well at Augusta en route to a, a 14th-place finish, but I'm going to share some pretty eye-opening stats regarding Cantlay's putting this year. While I don't love him to win this week, you've seen the trend of results when... Some of these top players switched to veteran caddies. Cam Young's been balling out since he added uh, Paul Tosori to the bag, Scotty Scheffler and Ted Scott, JT and Bones, Tom Kim, and uh, Ricky Fowler's uh, former caddy, who I'm I'm blanking on at the moment, but the list goes on. In case you missed it, Joe LaCava, the longtime caddy for Freddie Couples and Tiger Woods, will now be looping for Patrick Cantlay, and this will be the first major championship they make the walk together in. so we'll circle back to a deep deep dive on on cantley in the matchups we end the odds favorites here with Justin Thomas at 25 to one on Draftkings Bovada, or circa and as Todd Lewis of uh, of Golf Channel reported last night you know jt's so lost with the putter that he he's now using aimpoint Express uh you know you'll see uh golfers you know st- Straddle the the their lines on the greens and kind of throw up a couple fingers and close an eye and you know see if that gives them more of a line. I I don't believe in all that junk. You know, you you feel a putt out with your feet. Um, You know, I'm anti aim point. I think there's too much going on in JT's putting. Just switch back to the Futura X5 and do what you've been doing. uh, You know, for the last three years. Uh, But that's the case as Todd Lewis reported. He's going to be using Aim Point Express on the greens uh you know making pace of play even more brutal than it already is in the PGA Tour and you know, look back a year ago we had JT at 16 to 1 uh to win last last year at at Southern Hills as Mito Pereira uh took a dookie down his leg on the 18th hole and JT would eventually go on to beat Will Zalatoris in a playoff you know that was just an absolute movie and one that I'll I'll never forget a lot like Jason Dufner's win in 2013 here at here at Oak Hill but JT is in a much different spot coming into this year's PGA championship. Number one, he has not played well over his last five stars, primarily due to his putting, but also at times he has struggled with the irons. And number two, you know, we've heard murmurs, no confirmations, but we heard murmurs from the the rib injury that JT was apparently playing through before Augusta. And, you know, the more we've watched him play since, it's apparent that, hey, maybe JT isn't 100 healthy so i'm a pass on jt this week i'll potentially look to fade him in the matchups all right let's get rolling here with a few matchups before we get to the picks to place number one is going to be adam scott over patrick reed at minus 105 on bet online and you have to love where adam scott is with uh his game coming into the pga championship off back-to-back top 10 finishes at quail hollow and then at the byron last week of course you know, fellow Aussie Jason Day won for the first time in five years last week. Adam Scott wasn't too far behind. And it made me check, you know, Adam Scott hasn't won a PGA Tour event since 2020. So it's been a little over three years now since he won at Riviera. And as we talked about over the last month, Scott's game uh, was pretty quiet between the time of his last win in 2020 until his FedEx Cup playoff berth was on the line last season at the St. Jude. And the BMW where where he recorded consecutive second place finishes uh, to qualify for the tour championship last year. So he has had the same type of resurgence we've seen from Jason Day over the last five months. I don't like Adam Scott to win due to the minor inconsistencies with the irons and three of his last four starts but I love his numbers off the tee. His distance is still there with the driver and he's second on tour in putting between 10 and 15 feet, which is a huge, huge stat to look at on the smaller greens at Oak Hill this weekend. You know, on the other side of, of this matchup is Patrick Reed who, you know, simply doesn't have the distance to make the cut at Oak Hill Reed, on a tournament to tournament basis is losing strokes um, off the tee with his driver. And it's been that way for, Uh, about two years now, whether it was, you know, equipment or age, you know, which I just checked. He's only 32 years old. I doubt it's age, whether it's equipment or physical performance, he, he just doesn't have the distance that he did in 2020. And the fact that Patrick Reed's driving accuracy numbers have plummeted as well, makes it virtually impossible for him to win at this venue. So at Oak Hill, you better be able to pump drives out there at least 320 yards or more, or else you'll be flying home on Friday evening. So, my first matchup of the week is going to be Adam Scott over Patrick Reed, minus 105 on Bet Online. Number two for the week is going to be Patrick Cantlay over Rory McIlroy minus 102 on FanDuel. And the one stat that really beamed at me when I was diving into Patrick Cantlay's stats this week is that he is 11th on the PGA Tour. Um and putting from 10 feet and in when you go back to to 20 feet he barely makes anything it barely makes anything which is normally a huge problem but patrick Canley has the ball striking ability that is reminiscent of jason duffner's and by that i mean they they, they both have repetitive moves that allows them to get aggressive and number two they're both flag hunters they're out there looking to break pins i believe Patrick Cantlay is hitting the ball well enough off the tee and with his irons that he will have a ton of looks from 10 feet and then where he's absolutely electric. And this is really what he's done all year. The problem is on the average size PGA tour green, Patrick Cantlay is not the best lag putter. He's 105th on the PGA tour in three putt avoidance. So uh, that has cost him winning a number of golf tournaments. It happened at the uh, American express, out in Palm Springs. It happened at the Dell match play in Austin. And it also happened at Augusta. I look at Oak Hill as a place with the fourth smallest greens on tour as a place where he won't face many lag putts and the greens, they're bent grass, which is by far uh, the surface Patrick lead, Patrick can't lay my apologies, putts best on. And as for Rory McIlroy, the combination of the bad putting and the occasional foul ball, that we're seeing with the driver. He has me out on him this week. We saw him make the cut on the number at the Wells Fargo uh, to avoid missing three cuts in a row. Um, and he did not play well over the weekend there where you know his, his irons and his putting continue to be an issue just as it was at Augusta. You know, here's the bottom line for Rory. Yes, he's number one in driving distance on the PGA Tour, but he's also at 193 in driving accuracy, and he's 172nd on tour and putting. You can't bomb and gouge your way around Oak Hill. The rough is too deep. Rory is struggling, obviously, with a two-way miss off the tee. That's where that 193rd driving accuracy comes from, and I haven't seen Rory make a putt since Dubai in January. So my second... Final matchup of the week is going to be Patrick Cantlay over Rory McIlroy at minus 102 on FanDuel. All right, moving along to the picks to place for the week, we start with Dustin Johnson to top 20 plus 150 on Bet365. And, you know, the CW network didn't show the closing stretch of Live Tulsa, instead opting to move along with scheduled programming like Family Feud and, you know, Nancy Nancy Drew, which is, you know, just pathetic. You know, Cedar Ridge had a, a solid, somewhat electric finish on Sunday afternoon for those that were able to watch. Um, I wasn't. I, I just saw the the highlights on on YouTube. Uh, but Dustin Johnson won in a playoff over Cam Smith and Brandon Grace despite a triple bogey on the par three tenth. tenth. You know, DJ was one shot back of the lead on 18. He drove it in the left rough. He was blocked out by a few tall oaks. And he pulled out a sand wedge and blasted over the corner of the trees to about 12 feet, uh, which he drained uh, to get in a playoff where they played 18 again, in which DJ would go on to birdie for the second time in a row to beat a pair of pars from Cameron Smith and uh, and Brandon Gray. So uh, that's DJ's second live individual title. Um, and when you look at DJ's last 17 events, he's only been negative in strokes gained three times. So I like where he's been with his game over his last 25 events. And when you check the results of the 2013 PGA championship at Oak Hill, 28-year-old Dustin Johnson finished eighth that week after rounds of 65-69 on the weekend. Personally, I think DJ has a lot of great major championship golf left. I know he didn't putt and and chip to his standards at, at Augusta, but I watched a ton of great things uh, from him last week in Tulsa. And I think Oak Hill is a fitting venue. So first pick to place for the week is going to be Dustin Johnson, top 20 at plus 150 on Bet365. Number two is going to be Ricky Fowler, the top 20 at plus 275 on William Hill. And as I was doing uh, you know, my research last night, I was looking for the guy who most resembles the trend that Jason Day was on heading into last week. And you wouldn't believe how identical – Ricky Fowler's 2023 trajectory has compared to Jason Day's. Jason Day had seven top 20s and nine previous starts heading into his win to Byron Nelson. And in Ricky Fowler's nine starts heading into the PGA Championship, he's top 20 in eight of them. Ricky is 31st in total driving, 7th in strokes gained approach, and 24th in putting. I think you know that is plenty good across the board uh, to continue his comeback season and make a charge at Oak Hill. Uh, When you when you look back at 2013, Ricky had a commendable 19th place finish shooting one under for the week. Uh, So I think everything really comes together for Ricky at this major championship venue at Oak Hill uh, up in Rochester. So uh, my second pick to place for the week is going to be Ricky Fowler top 20 plus 275 on William Hill. All right, moving into the winners for this week. Let's start by discussing my Tony Finau 50 to one futures. We talked about this one back in December for the major championship futures podcast. And unlike my Hideki Matsuyama futures this week, I feel very good about where Tony Finau is at with his game, even with the win two starts ago in Mexico. I guess the only flaw to point out is that he's lost shots on the greens in three of his last four starts, you know, but as I've told you a million times, this is a golf course where elite ball strikers can get away with average putting, and the one thing that really sticks out to me is Finau is fifth on the PGA Tour in birdie or better conversion percentage, which means that when Tony Finau is hitting it well and he's giving himself looks with his approach game, he is converting those opportunities. And from the data we have going into this event. No one should have more birdie looks based off great iron play than Tony Finau this week. He's first on the PGA tour and so scanned approach. And that should tell you all you need to know about Tony Finau's chances this week. Uh, so I listen, if you haven't, if you know, if you can't get, if, you, if you're just now getting Finau uh, this week, I still highly recommend him for, for all uh, dream preview listeners that have been with us since December. You have this one. It's Tony De Finau. It's Tony Finau at 50 to 1 uh, to win the PGA Championship this week. Number 2 uh and one these next two I put in this week. They're not futures. Uh number 1's going to be Xander Schauffele 18 to 1 on Bet365 and Xander Schauffele across the board has been Uh, maybe the most consistent golfer on the planet over there, over his last four events. Maybe, maybe Sung JM could take that title from him after his win at the Korean PGA last week. But this is a guy, you know, Xander Schauffele is number five in the world who just hasn't done anything wrong from T to green lately. He, you know, he would have won the RBC heritage with a few more putts made. He wins the the Zurich classic. If can't lay putts half decent, and he wins at quail hollow. If he didn't make a mess, um, you know, uh, really a fluky mess of the green mile at the end of the opening round, uh, uh there at the Wells Fargo. I, I don't think besides Ricky Fowler, you can find me a player who's been consistently trending in the right direction without a win this year. He's been perfect with the driver and irons. And, you know, also don't let me fool you when I tell you that, when I tell you that Xander Shoffley hasn't made the putts he's needed down the stretch. He's still 19th in strokes gained putting on the PGA tour. It's not a Rory McIlroy or Justin, T- Justin Thomas situation here where, you know, those two guys are ranked outside of the top one hundred and fifty in and putting on the PGA tour, you know, just not making a thing. That's not the case here with Xander Shoffway. And, you know, he is a consistent baller on the greens and it's just been, you know, one or two 10 footers down the stretch that he just hasn't gotten to fall. And that is all variance. So, um, I like Xander Shoffley to be in the mix uh to win his first major championship this week. So that's Xander Shoffley at 18 to 1 on Bavader bet 365. And number three, the last winner of the week, it's gonna be Brooks Kepka at 25 to one on Circa. And I think the only thing I have left to emphasize is that Brooks Kepka has continued his good trend of golf since he won um out at Live Orlando there at Orange County Golf Club. Um, I understand that he had the lead at Augusta through 36 holes and was unable to get the job done on Sunday. But I thought his respect towards John Rahm and his satisfaction uh, for the week really showed that uh, he's feeling good about his game. And and there's proof of that as he continued to steady play with back to back top finishes on Liv heading into the PGA championship. And this run by Brooks has 100%, just like his run back in 2019 or in 2018. This run by Kepka has been fueled by getting his driver back on track. Not only is he picking up a ton of strokes on the field with distance, but he's also gained strokes on the field and driving accuracy at each of his last five events. So that's a game changer for Brooks. We know that he could bomb at 100 miles, but when he gets that driver dialed accuracy wise, he's a very tough man to beat. So, um, you know, don't let me forget, there's definitely, um, you know some show's gain perspective that Brooks will be gaining this week, as this will be the first tournament he plays uh, with the knowledge that he will be a father and he has a son on the way. So, uh, my third winner of the week, Brooks Kepka, twenty-five to one on Circa. Let's move into my one sleeper for the week. Uh, I've talked about him a lot today. I, I really think this is the only sleeper option of the week. It's going to be Adam Scott to top twenty plus three fifty on Bet Online. Two reasons here. Uh, number one, as I already said, referring to his, you know, being, being 31st since Joe's gained off the tee. Adam Scott's playing very well this year, coming in here off uh, two back to back starts at the the Wells Fargo and um, and the Byron Nelson. And but number two, you know, t- being 12th in birdie or better conversion percentage, rolling into a course where. Uh, you know, it's the four small screens on tour. You know, I think that's a huge strength for Adam Scott. It's what we want to. It's what we want to see coming into Oak Hill. And number two, he finished fifth at the 2013 PGA Championship at Oak Hill, even though there's been a huge renovation. He has some knowledge around here. It's the same year that he won his lone major at the Masters. So um, I love Adam Scott as a sleeper this week. It's going to be Adam Scott, the top 20 plus 350 on online. All right, moving into the lineups for this week, uh, I have two lineups for you. One is the PGA Championship website fantasy lineup, which is where you pick one past champion, one player over 30, one player under 30, and finally a PGA teaching professional who has made it in the field this week. And the other lineup is the classic format with six players under the $200 budget. So let's start with the official PGA Championship lineup uh, that you can find on pgachampionship.com. And if you win, uh, the PGA will send you an official uh, 2023 PGA Championship gift pack. Signing up is free, so you might as well play. And he's, here's our four-man lineup. Uh, for the past PGA champion, I'm going with Brooks Kepka, who's one of my winners for the week. For the player over 30, I'm going with Tony Finau, who obviously we have the 50-to-1 futures on. For the player under uh 30, I'm going with Xander Shoffley, who's one of my winners for the week, um, as well as Kepka and Finau. And for the PGA teaching professional, who I'm rolling with, it's going to be JJ Colleen, the West Texas Driving Range Pro at a Red Feather Golf Club in Lubbock. And Colleen is not your average PGA teaching professional. He played college golf at TCU before having about a 10-year playing career on the Corn Ferry Tour and PGA Tour, even though he missed... Uh, the cut, he did play the Byron Nelson last week, which hopefully um, got some of those competitive butterflies out of the way. I would say if there's a teaching professional that you should put your money behind this week, it would have to be J.J. Killeen. Um So he rounds out uh, my PGA Championship website lineup. Once again, that's Brooks Kepka, Tony Finau, Xander Schauffele, uh, and and J.J. Colleen. So um, as for our sixth man lineup, uh, number one will be Sung J M, uh, and Sung J, who comes in here ranked 18th in the world, has recorded seven top 20 finishes in a row, uh, including a win last week at the Korean PGA Championship. And surprisingly, that's actually the reason I don't have Sung J to win this week. I'm a little concerned with his travel schedule over the last three weeks. I understand he's the 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 Cal Ripken Jr. of golf. But you look at the travel schedule, Sung Jae placed eighth at Quail Hollow, then took a 15-hour flight to South Korea, wins the KPMG, or the the Korean PGA Championship, uh, and then makes a 15-hour flight back to the States where he arrived in Rochester on on probably, if he's flying back from South Korea, uh, I guess he got there last night or maybe even this morning. Maybe he's not even there yet. I'm not sure. I'd have to check. But... I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's been playing extremely good golf this year. I'd rather throw him in my lineup than play say an outright ticket on him. So I'll take I'll take a chance with Sung Jm as my number one. Number two is going to be Cam Young, who I expect to have a ton of looks this week with the the stellar ball striking ability. The question is, can he make enough putts? He's a, he's a big tournament player um, from what we've seen through his first year on the PGA Tour but he is bound to have horrible stretches with the putting on any given week. Uh, so I think he's a good lineup guy. Number two is going to be Cam Young. Number three is going to be Corey Connors, who is an elite iron player that comes to Oak Hill off a, an eighth-place finish at Quail Hollow. Connors also won his second career PGA Tour event the week before Augusta in San Antonio. So he's been playing some pretty good golf at the moment. Number three is going to be Corey Connors. Number four is Brooks Kepka. Number five is Ricky Fowler. And number six is Dustin Johnson, who is priced for some reason at $25. So we'll take uh, one of our top 10 guys in the caboose slot of the lineup as we're incredibly lucky to get Dustin Johnson at $25. So my six-man lineup is going to be Sung J.M., Cam Young, Corey Connors, Brooks Kepka, Ricky Fowler, and Dustin Johnson. Into the first round leader. I have Brooks Kepka to lead the first round at 35 to 1 odds on DraftKings. He is notorious for hot starts in major championships while also creating distance from the rest of the field. He did it at Augusta before falling on the weekend. But I believe if Brooks Kepka takes control of this golf tournament at the end of the first round, he won't look back like he did at the Masters. So my first round leader is going to be Brooks Kepka at 35 to 1 on DraftKings. Uh, My scoring prediction for this week, Uh, you know, Jason Dufter won the PGA at Oak Hill 10 years ago, shooting 13 under that was fueled by a second round 63 and the 2019 Andrew Green redesigned that lengthened Oak Hill tremendously um, is probably going to have some effect on the score, especially with low temperatures and potential rain in the forecast over the, over the weekend in Rochester. I'm going to go with 10 under. Um, As the number, you know, I would even air if you're going to air on a higher or lower side, I would air eight or nine under because everyone I've talked to says this is playing more like a US Open venue than a PGA Championship venue with the high fescue rough four inches or or taller, uh, you know, 450 plus yard par fours, only two par fives on the golf course. So do not expect to see uh, mush any lower. Than, than 10 under par this week at the PGA Championship. All right, guys, a quick break from the golf to tell you about what we have going on this week over on pregame.com. Listen, uh, Mackenzie, AJ, Sleepy, Scott, Fezzik, uh, these guys are all on a roll as far as picking winners are concerned. So go ahead, go to pregame.com, click on Buy Picks, and use my coupon code for listeners of this podcast only. It's PGA25. Once again, that's pga twenty five for 25% off all picks on pregame.com. And while you're there, go ahead and sign up for pregame.com. If you haven't, the time to do so is now. Pregame.com will give you a free $25 site purchase just for signing up. Signing up takes 90 seconds, and you could take advantage of being a site member by making and tracking your own picks. You can post your own picks and analysis in our pregame.com forums. Draw a following and become a valued member. Sign up today and receive $25 site credit to purchase premium picks from one of pregame's very own professional handicappers. Get your free best bet today over on pregame.com. All right, closing out with the best bet for the week. Uh, it's going to be Tyrell Hatton, top 10 plus at plus 360 on DraftKings Sportsbook. And Hatton was my best bet last week that cashed at the Byron Nelson, and I'm rolling with him again this week simply because he hasn't displayed any flaws over his back-to-back top five finishes at the Wells Fargo and the Byron Nelson. Over his career, Hatton has put together an excellent resume at PGA Championship venues, 10th at Baltistraw in 16, 10th at Bell Reve in 2018, and then 11th at Southern Hills last year. And that is a product of the position he consistently puts himself in off the tee. He's ninth and total driving on the PGA tour. And at the current moment, every other aspect of his game is on point. He's 11th in approach and 19th in total putting. So uh, Hatton coming in at world number 17, uh, has it going on all cylinders. And as long as he has his temper under control, he's going to be in good shape. This is a course where if you miss fairways, you have to take your medicine and put yourself in good position for a third shot. And, those are the moments that Hatton will have to stay composed. I like his fiery, fiery energy for the major championships. So for the best bet of the 105th PGA Championship, it's going to be Tyrrell Haddon, the top 10 at plus 360 on DraftKings Sportsbook. And that'll do it for the PGA Championship preview here on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Thanks for joining me today. And for any questions... Uh, for this week's PGA Championship or heading into next week at Colonial up in Fort Worth, you can reach me on Twitter at DRMedia59. Once again, that is at DRMedia59. All right, good luck to everyone this week. We'll talk next week for the action at Colonial.